0: that, you know, pretty uh, often, because I mean it. It is really, truly a joy to be able to come together with you to worship our great God in spirit and in truth. It is a true blessing to be in your midst. Let us go together to God in prayer, please. Our great Heavenly Father, masterful Maker of us all, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We give unto you all the praise, the honor, and the glory, and we thank you Thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be here this day, to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray that you'll help us, Lord God, that our minds will be removed from worldly thoughts and that we'll focus only on you, on your word, on your will and your way. And help us never to forget Jesus, your great son, in whom you so willingly sent to die on that cruel cruel cross of Calvary that we might live, who also died in our behalf for us because of the great love that he had for us these things we thank you for and pray in that wonderful, magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be thy will. Amen. This morning we are going to build on the subject of the thought of confusion, bewilderment, that that state of mind that we find ourselves in at times where um, we search and search and find no no solid answer and we sometimes find ourselves in this state of mind, tossed to and fro. And then as we think about this this state of mind, I ask today, what is your state of mind today? One might even ask it in this way. One might ask, how is your faith today? I want to go to Mark chapter 9. I want to read uh, beginning at verse 14. The Bible says, And when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. And immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. And he asked them, What are you discussing with them? And one in the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, It dashes him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. And I told your disciples to cast it out. And they could not do it. One one thing we learn about life is there's, there's a tremendous difference about reading about a subject versus being in the subject or reading about a situation or hearing about a situation and then being in that very situation. And I think about the early church in the first century. You you say, well, if I were a Christian then, I would. And we might describe in detail some of the things that we would actually do in our minds and in our hearts. But what would we have done had we actually been in that very situation? So look at verse 18 again, if you will. And whenever it seizes him... It dashes him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out and I told your disciples to cast it out and they could not do it. Was it that the disciples didn't have the ability to cast it out? Let's look back at Mark chapter 6 and verse 7. Was it ability? I mean, here this, this demon uh, comes, and a uh, possessed person, and he's stiffening out and foaming at the mouth and grinding his teeth, and it's just pretty uh, a pretty gruesome scene. Was it that they didn't have the ability? Verse 7, Mark 6, the Bible says, And he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs, and he was giving them authority over the unclean spirits. Probably was not ability, huh? Look at verse 12. And they went out and preached that men should repent and they were casting out many demons and were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. Were they distracted? Or were they just outright afraid? I mean, if you imagine and think about what this, what this demon situation was like, it's pretty scary. But they had power and authority over the demon. But what it really was, it was a faith issue, wasn't it? Right. When you read the whole text, and we'll look back at it in, in a moment, it was a faith issue. So yeah, they were distracted, and yes, maybe they were a little afraid, or whatever was going on, but it all comes back to the fact that it was a faith issue, wavering in our faith, struggling, because today we're living in a time of confusion, aren't we? I mean, things are so mixed up right now. We've read, probably, uh, you know, me, I read more about pandemics to learn how people dealt with pandemics to help me to learn how to deal with this pandemic. But we're actually in the pandemic. So when you read about a pandemic, it's one thing. But when you're in a pandemic, it's another. How's my faith? Once again, Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Once again, old Satan has found a way to bring confusion into our world. We know it's not God. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. The Bible says, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace in all the churches of the saints. It's not God. It's Satan who is bringing confusion into our lives. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. No matter what we have done as a, as a people united together and even divided, and the, and the virus is still here. Some have asked, who's in control? Or even what is in control? And as Christians, we, we know who is in control, but isn't it true that many of us have found ourselves doubting, wondering, Again, in bewilderment. I mean, think about this without virus. One household, some have the virus and some do not. How is that possible? Right? How is that possible? The husband has the virus but the wife does not. Or the wife has the virus but the husband or the children, etc. Some say it's real. And some say it's Not. And then we, we know doctors are suffering and dying and and nurses and the hospitals are full and, and there's so much, so much difficulty and yet the media still says in some places it's not real. Some get really sick and even die. And some are asymptomatic. We're going, what is this thing that, what is going on? Is it true? Or not? And here comes Satan, just like in Eve's day. Has God said you will not die? Or that you will die, rather? In Genesis 3, verse 4, Satan said, you will not. You will not. You're not going to die. So what is it? Is it, is it that I'm going to die, God? Or is it that I'm not going to die, says Eve. And she eats and sin comes into her life. Here we are in the face of disaster, right, and and tragedy and struggle. And the virus has some of us pretty confused, maybe most of us, maybe all of us. Am I struggling in my faith? Is this even a faith issue? (laughs) I mean, look at all the confusion here. I think about, some say no. It's just hygiene, right? It's just, it's just high, civil hygiene and courtesy and common sense. Some say, well, wait a minute. It's a violation when you, the vaccine, don't, you know, no vaccine. Yes, the vaccine's a, what is it? Who is in control? Why am I so confused? I'm getting to a point. The church. The church. Why is it that whatever this is that's going on, why is it that the church all over the world, and even denominationalism, why is it that people who say they are of faith, why are they fussing and fighting? Why can't they find a way to get along through this Because of what they proclaim to be. What's going on? Whatever happened, Ken mentioned it earlier. Whatever happened to the love of God and love for people and... Well, see, it's different when you read about it. But when you're in it, the true self comes out. And then that brings more confusion. Is that really who I am? No, that was really just because of the virus. I was really stressed, and this was in my life, and that was in my life. What do you think God thinks of us right now? What do you think? Go back to Mark chapter 9 for just a moment. What does God think of me right now? Tony, you've read about situations in life that have been difficult. You know about them. you you read about them in secular history. You've read about them in, in the spiritual way. And now that you're in a difficult situation, who are you? Right? Verse 19. And he answered them and said, O oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? And then he says, bring him to me. Bring that demon possessed gentleman to me. In verse 18, it was, Whoa, look at this thing. This thing is foaming at the mouth and is grinding his teeth and, is, and it's terrible. It stiffens up and it, you know, this is, this is, scary. and Jesus says, what's wrong with you? Did I not just give you authority over the demons? Where's your faith? There's a big difference between hearing about something and reading about something versus being in the exact situation. Numbers chapter 13. This isn't the first time that God brings about, if you will, his frustration with, uh, with humanity. It's not the first time where God has asked the question of mankind, like, where is your faith? You know what's interesting about humans? When you think about humans and you study um, human nature, whenever humans in a group setting find themselves in a tragic moment or difficulty, you know what we do? We're not very good at binding ourselves together as one. No, we start fighting, don't we? We start fighting each other. And guess who else we fight? And then we start fighting God. Or maybe we fight God first, then we fight each other. But either way, we just begin to fight and bicker and argue, and we can't get along, and we just throw folks to the enemy. That seems to be the nature of humans for some reason. I mean, you see it everywhere. And we definitely see it today. We find ourselves in a state of confusion And because we really don't know what to do or what's going on and we just don't have a great understanding of the virus, we find ourselves stepping outside the box of of Christianity and stepping right into the box of the world. The Jews did the exact same thing. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 32. They've gone out, they spied out the land So verse 32 says, So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, a part of the Nephilim. We became like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. What? But what about what God said? And then, what? And then keep reading, chapter 14. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried out, and the people wept that night. And all the sons of Israel grumbled against, here comes the fight. Like it's Moses' fault, right? They grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Yeah, come on. That's why you left Egypt, because you were afraid you were gonna die there. It was horrible in Egypt. You cried out to God, please save us, does God not hear us? And now we're in a situation that we don't like, in a state of confusion. Is it really what God said? Or is it something else? They begin to fight each other. They grumble, they bicker, they argue, and then they become very unreasonable. I wish we just did. We should just go back to Egypt. It's better if we had just died there. Verse 3. And why is the Lord, now we're going to beat up God. And why is the the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives, our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Well, you know, before the virus, and we started talking, how about this one? And when the virus is over, this is what I'm going to do. they are in the virus. Do it now. Right. Verse 9. The good report. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Tell Christians that today. God's with us. God's going to be all right. God's with us. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm not, and then we are, we're, we begin to think now all of a sudden because we're in a pandemic that God's not with us any longer. Are we that confused, church? It goes on in verse 10, but all the congregation said to so stone them with stones, then the glory of the Lord appeared, the tent of meeting, and the sons, uh, to all the sons of Israel. And then you know what God said? God said this, verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, How long will this people spurn me, and how long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs which I perform in their midst? How long? How long? A general in military briefing, through all the things that we've been through in our lives, right? That's a storming. There's a shield and all those things. you in the military and you have your briefing. You go through your briefing and it's time to go to war. The general said, I want you to realize something. I want you to not think one thing. I don't want you to think you're coming out of this alive. Because that's what's going to keep you from doing what you're supposed to do. That will keep you from doing what you're supposed to do. That will take your mind off of your training. I don't want you to think about coming out of this thing alive. I want you to go and do your business. Go do your service. Go and do what you've been called to do. What he was basically saying in essence is Someday we're all going to die anyway Just die right with God Right? Die right With God So really the confusion That we find ourselves in Is because we're in a situation That we've never been in before We're facing a situation we've never faced before And we And we find ourselves turning our backs In the wrong direction we're turning our backs to God instead of our faces. we got to turn our faces to God and know that God has everything under what? Control. Do you believe that? Mark chapter 9. Do you, do you believe that? In the face of our friends, when we speak to them about the, the, the times that we're in right now, do we believe that? Could we say with confidence... I truly believe with all of my heart that God is in complete and total control. Can you say that, church? Or are we confused? Verse 19. And he answered them and said, O unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring them to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when they saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion. And falling to the ground, he began rolling about and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus answered, Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and began saying, I do believe. Help me. Help my unbelief. In church, maybe that's what we're crying out to God. Maybe we're all saying the same thing. That we believe. But, but we need help. We need the help of God. We need God to help us as a people in a time in which we're facing that we've never faced before. To find that faith and that confidence and that conviction that God is not only in control, but this is an opportunity for the people of God to stand and show the world that God is in control. To show the world that we serve a mighty God. Here's our opportunity. Here's our chance. Let us not fail God. difficult, right? It's difficult being in a situation. How are we going to come out of this? How will the Anchorage Church of Christ come through this? What's going to happen? How are we going to come? What we do today, what we do right now, will be the determining factor as to how we're going to come out of this. How are you individually going to come out of this? Will this be that opportunity to strengthen your faith? To make you stronger than you've ever been before in Christ? Or will this very pandemic destroy your faith? They were so... We don't get to, we don't get to see what this, you know, what the, what the boy looked like when, when Satan, uh, you know, the demon was inside of him and, and he was convulsing and, and grinding his teeth and, and all the bad things that were going on. We, and we can't see it and we try to imagine it and get the picture in our mind, but when you see the power of God and all that's going on here, if you jump all the way down, verse 25, listen to what happened. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and dumb spirit, I command you come out of him and do not enter him again. And after crying out and throwing him into a terrible convulsions, it came out. And the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, He's dead. I mean, so imagine what it looked like when he came out. And they were astonished. And all they could think of was, yeah, he died. Did they forget what Jesus just said? Were they listening? Or were they distracted? Cast the demon out. I can. And I will. And he cast the demon out. And in their minds, no, God killed the boy. They weren't listening. They were confused. Verse 27. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him. And he got up. And when he had come into the house, the disciples began questioning him privately. Listen to the question. Why could we not cast it out? I make any sense, Jesus. We should have been able to do that. And, and Jesus says uh, to them, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. And, and maybe the disciples, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe the disciples are thinking to themselves, we, we, I thought we did pray. Didn't we pray? I mean, we, when we've cast out demons before, did we pray? About, did we pray? And if we pray, did we pray in faith? And what really was our prayer, and then we believe our prayer, and where we did we pray. Back to verse nineteen, please. Mark nine. And he answered them and said, Oh unbelieving generation. It's because they didn't believe they could cast him out. You see? God gave them the power, but they didn't believe in the power. God gave us the power of prayer. How many of us believe in the power? When we pray, are we praying in faith? Do we believe in the power? Do we believe in the power of prayer? Oh, unbelieving, Jesus says. Oh, unbelieving generation. How long shall I put up with you? You didn't believe in the power. Because you were faced with a, a demon that you've never seen before, so you were unbelieving in your prayer. Here we are in the midst of a virus. How's your faith? Turn to Galatians, please, chapter 5. Well, because America, we find ourselves, can only speak to America because here we are, right? Attacking each other, Instead of working together. The church. In general, right? The church. The church is acting like the world and in so many places. You start reading about brotherhood and talking about different things that, that Christians are doing and the, and the bickering that is going on within the Lord's church. When we are fighting and bickering with each other, how how will the world ever ever find God when we act like them? Verse 13 of Galatians chapter 5, the text says, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity of the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement that you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and then in fine print, except during difficult times. (laughs) That's not what it says, is it? And then it goes on in verse 15, But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. This, brethren, is our chance to show love to each other and the world. To to grow together in strength and unity in Christ to not exercise the rest of the text here, the deeds of the flesh, that strife and jealousy and anger and disputes and uh, dissensions and factions, to not be a part of that stuff, but rather in verse uh, 16, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. We need to stand together as a body of believers. Believers in Christ, we need to be that reflection of Jesus Christ, that light to a lost and dying world. We need to work together, help each other, encourage one another. And all of us have different levels of faith. It is not a comparison of faith. It's to strengthen each other's faith. To not be judgmental, but rather to grow each other in Christ. And though many are frustrated today, Learn how to give things over to God. United we stand. Divided we what? Divided we fall. So, God's Word is and has been given to us. It is a book of freedom that has been given to us to set us free. In Matthew 12, please. God is the answer to everything. God is the answer to everything. The Word of God reveals to us what is necessary to get us over that hump, if you will, to keep us faithful. you got to dig, right? Now's the time to read and study and dig into the book. We can only win with God. We cannot win without God. If we stand together, side by side, united holding each other up, helping each other along the way. Brethren, we win this. And when we find ourselves with little faith, you're around folks with greater faith, then they'll help your faith. Bad company corrupts good morals, but good company strengthens us. Verse 25, the Bible says, And knowing their thoughts, he said, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or house divided against itself shall not stand. I ask the question again, how will the Anguished Church of Christ come through this pandemic? I know we're going to come through it, but how are we going to come through it? What are we going to turn out to be on the other side? Let's close in Philippians chapter 2. That's an individual and a collective choice. The decisions that we have to make in our own hearts, in our own minds, of what we're going to do from this day forward in our relationship to Christ, to each other, and to the world. Verse 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, Regard one another as more important than himself. And do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus. We've got to be like Jesus, brother. This morning, if you are not a child of faith, a member of the church, we encourage you to surrender to God and the waters of baptism today. To give your life over to him. For there is no other life without him. There's life. But you haven't learned life until you learn Jesus. If you're struggling in your faith. Here's a great opportunity. To If you need prayers. We can pray with you and pray for you. I know that when, when the elders pray. Uh, for those who come forward and ask for prayers. You pray as well. You pray for the, those folks. You ask God to help. Let us pray together. Pray for one another. The lesson is yours. Thank you for your time this morning. God bless you. Please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. I open up my heart to my